Uh, we're going to jump right in this morning. Uh, so if you've got a Bible, Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be. Uh, sometimes uh, we, uh, when we think about our dads or our moms, uh, sometimes moms and dads uh, give us little nuggets of truth. Like they just sort of slide something into us and like, oh wow, like my parents aren't as foolish as I think they are. You know, those moments like, oh wow, that was actually a great thing. And other times our parents uh, lecture us uh, on wisdom and life. And most of the time we don't like those in the moment, uh, those lectures. But 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, that lecture will, be, will come back to our memory we're like, oh, yes, they were right. Well, today is one of those moments. This is not a little nugget. This is a lecture today from Jesus. Uh, and so get ready. It's, it's rather challenging. Uh, it's hard-hitting. Uh, so let's dive in. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to talk about you today uh, and how you live. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And as a reminder, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This passage is not about enduring persecution like we looked at a few weeks ago. It wasn't about sort of rejoicing the fact that the world is against us. It's not even about loving your enemies, which is challenging, which is hard, which is, you know, it's tough to pray for those who are against you. Uh, this is uh, right at us and right at your heart. Where is your heart? Because our heart determines what we treasure, what we see, and who we serve, or whom we serve, I think is the correct English. Our heart. And that's what today's passage is about. Our heart. And so I want to ask you today as we, as we launch into this part of the Sermon on the Mount, which if you've been in church a while, you kind of know this, you've heard it before. But what is it that you value? What do you value? What are the things that are important to you? What's the thing that holds your attention? What's the thing that consumes your time, your energy, your resources? What is that? Well, in the ancient world, in Jesus's time, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, uh, they had this belief that God blessed in material ways those that he loved. And so if you were wealthy, if you had possession, if you had status, then God loved you more than everybody else. He, he blessed you more. You, you had favor with him. 
And yet in this moment, in this passage, Jesus provides a very sharp contrast to that idea. Jesus actually is saying here, forget about the earth. Forget about all the earthly goods you might have and think about heaven. Forget about what you have here and only concern yourself with what you have in eternity. The word lay up, do not lay up. I always think of basketball because it's the easiest shot in basketball supposedly is the layup. But this word layup means to keep, uh, actually to hoard, to, to compile, to gather. I, I want you to think for a moment about your garage and your attic. Just think about it for a moment. So how many of you have more than a one-car garage? Would you raise your hand if you have more than, like, be honest, like, okay, yep, good. Most of us in here have more than one-car garage. Some of you have a three-car garage. Some of you have a four-car garage, because I know where you live. And when you think about how many vehicles you can actually get in your garage, because we have a three-car garage at our house, and on our best day, in the summer, we can get two small vehicles in our garage. But most of the time, we can only get one car in our three-car garage because on the one-car side, there's stuff. A tall dresser, ice chests, a grill, old lacrosse equipment that we haven't used in five years. Lots of stuff. And then we go to our attic. Maybe you can take a tour of your attic real quick mentally. No one's laughing because I'm stepping on your toes right now. Decorative baskets galore, ladies. Luggage that we haven't used. A desk, carpet, Christmas decorations. Sets of dishes from 1995 that one day someone in our house will use. I'm confident. <laughs> confident. Maybe soon. I hope soon he'll use those. Baby bed. We, we all have stuff. Right, we all have things. We all have things that we value. I, I think back, it's not in our home. Uh, I believe it's in my mom's home still. Is one of the things that I value. It's a youth small t-shirt. From when I was five years old, and I played t-ball. I was on the Indians. We were the runner-ups in the championship. We lost 10 to 9. I cried. <laughs> but I was number 14. That's why that's my favorite number. I still have that. That's of no earthly good and no heavenly good either. But I still have it. I value that. There are lots of things that we value. The question that Jesus is asking us is what we value. What do you value? Because what you value says something about your heart's affection. 
Because later on in Matthew, Jesus says, what does it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? It doesn't matter how much stuff you have if you lose your soul in the process. Because this is not really about stuff. It is about stuff, but it's really about your heart. Where is your heart's affection? What value? What value do you place on things of eternity? Because the objective of life is not to get a bunch of stuff here. No, the point of life is to prepare for eternity with Jesus. That's the point of life, is to prepare for eternity with Jesus. And so Jesus says, stop storing up stuff here on earth that just is going to get stolen or the moths are going to eat it. Store up a reward that will last forever. Because reward is a, is a common theme in the scripture. In the New Testament, it's a common theme. We looked at it a couple of weeks ago about our reward. All throughout the Apostle Paul's writing, it talks about our reward. Reward, God desires to reward us, but that reward doesn't come with material possessions. That comes with a relationship with him and eternity with our Heavenly Father. And so Jesus is calling us to shift our focus, to turn our heart to things that have eternal value. And, and as he does that in this first part, it, it seems that he shifts gears, like almost starts a different sermon completely with the next few passages when he talks about our eyes. He, he's all about our heart, and then he shifts gears to our eyes. Like, okay, Jesus, can you stay on topic for us? But our eyes are, are the window into our soul. The eyes reveal to us where our heart is. If you've never seen the show Friday Night Lights, the, the TV series from a number of years ago about West Texas football and life, there's a famous quote that came out of that movie. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. That the football team used every time they ran out on the field. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. To have clear eyes... To have eyes that, that, are, that are pure, that, that see things properly in the right perspective of eternity. That's what God is calling us to. Because when our heart is divided, when our heart is focused on things of this earth that are going to waste away, he says, that's when you're living in darkness. I don't know if you've ever been in darkness, like complete darkness, or some of you, you might have had a cataract surgery, or maybe you're like me and you can't see your hand in front of your face naturally, and so you have to have prescription lenses. But, but to not see clearly is terrible. To, to wake up every day and I have to put the phone this close to my face to see it. And now it's worse because now that vision is going too, the up-close vision. So I'm trying to find that happy medium. It's the terrible to, to live in darkness, to live in no clarity. Because when you can't see, you stumble. When you can't see, you fall. When you can't see, life is challenging. We don't go the right way when we can't see. And so it's easy to be distracted. It's easy to be pulled in the wrong direction. And so Jesus is 
speaking very plainly in these moments to make sure that our eyes are clear so that it informs our heart of the direction to go. And so where is your vision? Where, where are your eyes taking you? Are your eyes full of light and the life of Jesus Christ? Or is your vision blurred by the things of this world and the, the trinkets that this world offers? Are you focused on the kingdom? Because you may not know this, but the word eye or eyes is used almost 500 times in the Bible. The eyes are an important part of not only our body physically, but also our spiritual life. They're a metaphor for our spiritual life that we see clearly. So that we want to fix our eyes on the right things, the correct things, the things above, not the things of this earth. Thanks to social media, you and I are bombarded somewhere between 4,000 and 10,000 times a day that we see an ad. 4,000 to 10,000 ads a day we see. YouTube is a $28 billion company. You think about it, you just go on a YouTube video. Even if you skip ahead, right? You know, you're waiting that five seconds, four, three, like you, you're, you're there ready, click, skip ad, right? You even get that five seconds so, right? And then in the middle of whatever that video is, here it comes again. You want to pull your hair out if you have any, right? Because you, you, you want your eyes to be fixed on what you want it. That, this is what Jesus is getting at here. Where's your vision? Where, where, what are your eyes fixed upon? The world is trying to pull us in so many different ways, we have a lot competing for our vision, a lot competing for our attention, a lot competing for our heart. And so is your sight healthy? Is your sight good? Do you have a singular focus so that your heart will take you in the right direction? A heart that is devoted to the Lord a God-oriented life. And that's the whole point of this Jesus Knows Best series. That's the whole point of getting up every week and speaking, is that you and I would orient our lives around Jesus, that, that we would walk through life with a biblical worldview that no matter what the world says, no matter what the world tries to distract us, no matter what the world says is right and true, we would always come back to this. And we would come back to our Savior and say, Jesus, what shall you say? Because I want my heart devoted to you. I want my eyes fixed on things above, not the things of this world. And so I'm going to trust that you know best. Even when everyone else is going in opposite direction, I'm focused on you. You are my vision. I think we sang about that. You are my vision. Because I don't want to live in darkness. I don't want to stumble on it. I don't want to experience separation from you. I want to be close to you. I want my life to matter for eternity. Not just for people to say, he had a lot of cool stuff, which I don't. 
Where are your eyes taking you? Where is your heart leading you? Because as Jesus wraps up this section of this sermon, he talks about who we are serving, who is in control of your life, who has authority over you. Because you can't serve more than one person at a time. You can't do it. And, and the language he uses here bothers me a lot. I, I, I've read this passage a bunch, but this language that he uses bothers me. And, and it should bother you because he says, you cannot serve two masters for either you will what? Hate. Hate the one and love the other. That's not how most of us see it. Most of us, we have an affection for the world. We have a tolerance for the world. Some of us have an affection for Jesus, a tolerance of Jesus. And yet, Jesus very plainly says, either you're going to love one and hate the other, or you're going to be drawn to one and despise the other. That, that's worse. <laughs> You and I cannot serve two masters. We can't do it. We can't do it. This is really where the rubber hits the road about who we serve and where our heart is. Because the whole point of his teaching is who has your devotion? Who are you devoted to? What has your heart? Who are you serving? You will either serve money, possessions, security, position, wealth. You will serve those things. And usually we serve for one of two reasons. We serve out of fear. Fear. There was a study done two years ago of millennials. Now, most of us have a misunderstanding of who millennials are. Millennials are those people today who were 25 to 43 years old, okay? Gen X and Gen Y are the people below them. 50% of millennials who already have a million dollars, I wish I was them, 50% of millennials who have a million dollars are afraid that they're going to lose their money. Afraid. That's the word, afraid, fear. The same study asked baby boomers. So that you have this correct, baby boomers are 59 to 77 years old today. That's some of you in this room. Over a third of them who also had a million dollars or more were afraid of losing their money. Afraid. That's why we serve money. Wealth, possession, stuff, out of fear. Or we might serve out of ambition because we're like the Pharisees. We think uh, the more you have, the better you are. And we want just stuff. And so we work hard and we collect and we gain and we gain and we gain so that we won't ever run out. We're like the man who built extra barns in the New Testament. And the next day God said, thank you very much. Your life is over. Fear and ambition sometimes has our heart and calls us to serve money, possession, 
wealth, position. But the alternative is that you serve God, the one who drives out fear, the one who gives peace, the one who gives you purpose beyond your paycheck. Wouldn't that be a glorious day to have purpose beyond your paycheck? Who gives you an eternal reward? One that rust won't take away, that moths won't eat up, and that thieves won't steal. So I want to encourage you today, if you've heard in this last section particularly that we should not be wealthy or we should not pursue success, that is not the message today. That's not the message. The message is your heart. Because there were lots of wealthy people in the Bible, a lot. Job was wealthy. Job was wealthy, and then his life fell apart. Everybody died around him except his wife. He got really sick. He trusted God. God gave him even more wealth after he came through that. Solomon, King Solomon, wisest man on earth for a little while, was extremely wealthy. In the New Testament, there's a lady named Lydia. She was a seller of purple goods. She probably single-handedly funded the church with her house and with her dollars. She was rich. Our buddy Matthew, who wrote this book, he was a tax collector. Tax collectors were the 1%. That's what they were. They were the one percenters. There's a lady named Dorcas in the book of Acts. An elderly lady who had been faithful, serving and giving. But she was a woman of means. I don't know if you've ever been a part of a church that had a Dorcas Sunday school class. Like old school churches. The church I came from had one. Wonderful women. And then there's this man named Joseph of Arimathea. You might have heard of him. He let someone borrow his tomb when that someone was crucified for your sins and mine. Wealth is not the issue. Wealth is not what Jesus is pointing to. The issue here is our heart. That you and I need to put away fear. To put away selfish ambition. So we can use our gifts and our talents and our resources. We can focus our heart's attention on the things that last forever. And we do that by serving our Heavenly Father and by serving others. By giving our lives away. To use our money to use your intelligence, to use your possessions, to use your skills, to use your gifts, to honor him, to serve the Lord. And so I want to invite you today to listen to Jesus. Serve him. Devote your heart to him. Put away the things of this earth it's good to have cool stuff. It's good to have good stuff. But let's leverage what we have for eternity. That's what God calls us to do.
Let's listen to Jesus because he knows best. Will you pray with me?